Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland, Titans fans. It is NFL Draft Week, and I am kicking the draft content into overdrive. We still have the entire defense to break down from a prospect scouting standpoint in our NFL draft preview series, but we also have multiple pieces of draft speculation or draft information to go over before Thursday's draft as well. So typically, we would have a mock draft Monday, but I'm going to be giving you guys my personal first round mock draft later in the week on Thursday. So look forward to that. But because of that, and we're talking about that in our first segment of Thursday's show and throughout the show as we continue to break down these prospects, today I'm going to shift the focus away from mock drafts as we've been covering for months now and focus more on what the Titans have been doing during this pre-draft process. So to do that, we are going to start out with a conversation about who the Titans have visited with during the pre-draft process, whether that be at the Combine, whether that be one of the Senior Bowl, the Shrine Bowl, the East-West game, whether we're talking about FaceTimes, virtual visits, pre-draft, or, you know, like I said, meetings at the Combine, we are going to cover all of that. And we're going to talk about that list of visits in a a different way. We're not just going to talk about the players on the list. We're going to talk about where the Titans are pushing their resources to. Where are they putting their chip stacks on these different position groups? And it should give us a good indication of where the Titans are really looking to add to the roster in the draft. So not only the names, but the positions, how they break down, the number of visits at each. It's going to be a pretty interesting conversation to start the show. But then we do need to jump into the defensive portion of our NFL Draft Preview Series, and today we are going to go with the two positions that I don't necessarily see the Titans going very early on or very aggressive at, but could look to add some depth pieces later on in the draft, and some of these guys are rumored to be going to some of the Titans' biggest rivals, so we need to make sure we understand all of the different position groups within the draft, and we'll continue our series today with off-the-ball linebacker and safety. If you are just joining the Locked on Titans podcast for the first time today, or you missed any shows from last week, we went through the entire Offense, wide receiver, running back, quarterback, offensive line, tight end, every position on the offense we have broken down in last week's set of podcasts. That is evergreen content, so make sure that you go back and check that out. So we are going to talk about the pre-draft visits that the Titans have had. We will then jump into breaking down the linebacker prospects, then finish off the show talking about the safety prospects in this year's draft, the top guys at each position, so you know exactly where the Titans may be looking and there are some players in those position groups that are in the pre-draft visit section as well so we'll make sure to get all of those in anyways it is draft week we have a lot to talk about to determine what the titans could do next let's get it Let's take a look at a list of pre-draft interactions that the Tennessee Titans have had with different prospects. And some of these interactions include uh, official visits before most of the country was under quarantine, workouts that were taking place, had taken place, or that were planned to take place 
interviews the Titans may have done at the Senior Bowl or the Shrine Game, virtual interviews that we have had confirmed that the Titans have had with different players, and then of course interviews that took place at the NFL Scouting Combine. And when you start to take a look at all of these different interactions and which positions the Titans focused on, it becomes clear that there were five different groups that really stood out among the rest. And Those groups include running back, which out of the 78 confirmed interactions that we have from the Titans pre-draft process, 11 of those prospects were running backs. We saw 12 plus on the offensive line. We saw 10 on the defensive line, 8 edge rushers, 12 to 14 at the cornerback position, depending on which reports you are following and and what you see and what's been actually confirmed as a a real interaction that goes under one of these categories. It could have been a a smaller interaction, a, a quick conversation that may not be an official interaction here, but the Titans are clearly focusing on running back offensive line, defensive line, edge rusher, and cornerback with the addition of wide receiver as as a team need, but it appears that the Titans haven't spent a ton of resources going after the wide receiver position, at least for interaction. So you look at those five different groups and you start to look at some of the names that are popping up within those groups and it gives you a, a decent indication of where the Titans may be looking to get one of those prospects, what round may they be looking to select someone at that position group. We'll start with the running back position as we mentioned off the top. We have some of the top prospects in the draft that they've spoken with like DeAndre Swift, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of LSU, Swift out of Georgia of course, J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State, but it appears that the Titans will also be interested in in some mid-round options. So it appears that at some point in time they will definitely attack the running back position. We have people like Darrington Evans out of Appalachian State, Antonio Gibson out of Memphis, Cam Akers out of Florida State, and Eno Benjamin out of Arizona State. Now, at the wide receiver position, the Titans did talk to two top first or second round prospects and Jalen Rager from TCU and Denzel Mims from Baylor, but other than that, it's mostly late round options that they have. And then on the offensive line, we know that the Titans will be looking for a developmental offensive tackle or someone to compete with Dennis Kelly. Of course, we have late first round options like Josh Jones from Houston and Austin Jackson from USC, but you also see mid-tier options like Lucas Niang from TCU or Sadiq Charles from LSU. You also have some interior offensive lineman, someone like Robert Hunt, who is a tackle in college, who looks to be a guard option in the NFL, and Matt Hennessy, a center interior offensive lineman out of Temple, who was also an option. At the defensive line, the Titans looked at, you know, mid to late first round, possibly early second round options like Ross Blacklock out of TCU, Marlon Davidson out of Auburn, but they also have uh, Justin Matabuke out of Texas and Rob Windsor. Then at the edge rusher position, we have Bradley Anai, Jonathan Grenard, Terrell Lewis, Alex Highsmith, Josh Uchi, and it appears that the Titans, based on those names, will be looking to get an edge rusher in the mid to late rounds based on some of the guys that they have 
interviewed there. At the cornerback position, it appears that the Titans may be looking all over the board. We have prospects as highly rated as C.J. Henderson from Florida. We also have Christian Fulton from LSU, Jeff Gladney from TCU, but we also have people in the in the mid-rounds that could go like Darnay Holmes or Amik Robertson, Damon Arnett, Cam Dantzler. So a mix of prospects there, Dane Jackson even. So that indicates that the Titans most likely will be looking to get a cornerback throughout the entire draft and are interested at in all the different prospects. So it is interesting to see some of the highly rated running backs and mid-rating running backs that the Titans are looking at. Only some second round to end of the first round wide receivers, offensive linemen throughout the entire draft, defensive linemen throughout the entire draft, edge rushers throughout the mid-rounds, and then cornerbacks throughout the entire draft as well. Some of the other positions that the Titans didn't really focus on were to be expected. Quarterback, they only looked at three guys. James Morgan, Jordan Love, and Steve Montez, who are second to fourth round options, unless Jordan Love does go in the first round, which could happen. Only two off-the-ball linebackers, which will be late-round special teams guys. Only two safeties. One is a highly rated guy, like Antoine Winfield Jr., but the other, Elijo Gilman, who will be just a special teamer. Tight ends, only two that look to be late, late round picks. And the Titans did look at one kicking option and Alex Pension. And there are a few good kickers who could be available in the late rounds who the Titans may bring in to challenge Greg Joseph. But some very interesting information from the Titans pre-draft interactions. This list was compiled by at FWordsPod on Twitter with a lot of these reports coming from national reporters or different Titans beat reporters as well. But that will wrap up our conversation about the pre-draft interactions that the Titans have had. The more news that we get on that, I will continue to update you guys as we get closer and closer to the draft just a few days away. And considering we are so close, we need to get into the next installment of our NFL Draft Preview Series going position by position. And today I am doing two different positions that... I don't think the Titans will have their eye on too heavily, so want to use this opportunity to, uh, you know, I guess check these boxes with these different positions before we get into some of the uh, more dire needs for the Titans going forward on defense the rest of the way. So we will start with a conversation about the off-ball linebackers in this class and then finish off the show with a conversation about the safeties at the end. First things first, we need to look at the Titans off the ball linebacker core. And right now, the Titans are pretty set there on the surface. So Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown, and David Long appear to be mainstays right now on the roster. But here's one thing to consider. Jayon Brown is going to be a free agent after the season. What will he want to get paid? Will the Titans pay him? 
Will the Titans try to replace him with somebody like David Long, who has a similar skill set and has proven that he was productive with the limited snaps that he got last year? What will be the case there? And the Titans lost Wesley Woodyard. It appears that they're not going to be bringing Darren Bates back in a special teams role. Now, Nick DeZubnar is a off-the-ball linebacker, but he's a special teams player. You're going to be in a bad spot if he's out there taking significant reps on defense. So you never know is basically what I'm saying. The Titans may surprise us and go interior off the ball linebacker a little bit earlier than expected, but considering that Vic Beasley has those kind of skills, Kamala Correa has those kind of skills, I will admit I would be a little bit shocked if the Titans went with off-the-ball linebacker early, but we do need to be as informed as possible about this draft class because at the end of the day, we don't know what the Titans will do. So let's start with the top prospect on the board, and that is Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson, six foot four, 230 pounds, and the war wages on between draft pundits online as to whether Simmons is a safety primarily or a linebacker primarily in the NFL. At the end of the day, he is a defensive weapon who can be deployed in a multitude of different ways, including deep safety, strong safety, slot corner, sub-package linebacker, Isaiah Simmons is just a physical freak who can do it all, and regardless of whether he has a a strong base that can stand up as a middle linebacker for a decade in the NFL, he should be moved all around a defense to do whatever they need and everything that they need rather than being pigeonholed into one specific position. That would be a mistake wherever he goes, but the odds are that he will not be available for the Titans unless there is a a massive trade that gets them up into the top 10. But somebody like Jacksonville could have an opportunity to take somebody like Simmons, so we need to keep an eye out there. Next, we have Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. Murray has great speed which translates into incredible sideline to sideline range. The only issue with Murray is he can lack discipline in the run game. Sometimes he is a little aggressive and overcommits, and he doesn't have great instincts in zone coverage. He doesn't quite have a good feel for where guys are going to sit down or where they may be breaking to or where the open space is, but that's something that could be developed throughout his NFL career, of course, and everything else that he brings to the table at six foot two. 234 pounds. He should be uh, a starter day one for an NFL team. Next, we have Patrick Queen from LSU, six foot one, 227 pounds. Now, he is an incredibly fluid athlete and he can get all over the field similar to Murray similar to Simmons that's what you want from your linebacker if they're going this high in the draft which Queen is looking to be a first round selection possibly early second round at the latest now he struggles with his hand power like imagine you're getting an offensive lineman coming up to the second level you got to pop your hands and pop the offensive lineman in the chest to keep them off you so that you can get away, use that mobility and athleticism and get to the ball carrier. That's the game at linebacker. That's why we see Mike Vrabel with the pad on his chest, having people pop him in the chest. It's such an important part of defensive line play, of linebacker play, and that's something that Queen does 
need to get a little bit better at overall. Moving into the second tier of linebackers here, we will start with Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech, six foot one, two 245 pounds, so a little bit bigger of a guy than the top three that we talked about. And with Brooks, that size allows him to really get downhill and shoot gaps and plug up the run game. Now, because of that size, he doesn't quite have the mobility of the top guys, which leads him to kind of struggle in zone coverage specifically. He does okay in man coverage uh, here and there, but he's not really going to be a coverage linebacker at the next level unless he can uh, trim a little bit of pounds and add some explosion to his drop going backwards, not necessarily going forwards, which he's really adept to right now. Next, we have Malik Harrison from Ohio State, six foot three. 246 pounds, so he's one of the bigger guys that we have talked about in terms of height and weight so far. He has great hand pop. Where we talked about that's something that Queen struggled with, that is something that Harrison excels at. He's a phenomenal tackler, really reliable, but he's not great in coverage. He is a run-stuffing linebacker who needs to develop that part of his game. Primarily will be a two-down linebacker at the next level, you think of somebody like uh, Avery Williamson. Not that they compare, but just saying their role being a two-down linebacker. Next, we have Troy Dye out of Oregon, six foot four, two hundred and twenty-five pounds. So he's long, not quite as heavy as the last two guys that we talked about, but he's incredibly long, athletic guy, has great range because of that with those long arms, can really get from tackle to tackle very quickly and then get outside. Now, he's a little bit of a slow processor of information. He doesn't have great instincts, not a quick trigger, so he needs some coaching and needs some film work to improve that part of his game. Next, we have Evan Weaver from California, six foot two. 234 pounds, a very reliable tackler, a good player in the box, similar to someone like Malik Harrison, but without quite the athleticism that Harrison has. Now, Weaver, like some of these other guys that we've talked about here in these mid-rounds, they don't quite have the athleticism to be great in coverage. Weaver doesn't have great range outside of the tackle box, and he doesn't do well in coverage, but he's really reliable as a, a strong side linebacker uh, inside against the run and run fit. So some of these guys later in the draft, like Weaver, that's, that's what they're going to give you is just a reliable Linebacker. Think about a linebacker, just a reliable guy who will tackle a running back, get off blocks inside. Now, where the game has taken an evolution is with these guys like Simmons and Queen and Murray, who are incredibly athletic, can get sideline to sideline and help you a little bit in coverage, even if they still need some development. Next, we have Joe Bocce Jr. from Michigan State, six foot two, 231 pounds. He's got good size and he is really good on blitzes. He finds gaps, he finds holes, and he finds a way to shoot them on blitzes. So that's something that he can really hang his hat on as a possible sub-package linebacker at the next level. He does struggle in coverage. He's not incredibly athletic. So if he wants to get on the field, he's going to have to really rely on being successful in blitzes and being a base package linebacker who can stop the run. Next, we have Willie Gay Jr. out of Mississippi State, six foot one. 243 pounds, so he's on the heavier side of the guys that we have talked about so far, and that's what makes him so special, is he is an explosive athlete. Now, he's only six foot one. 
that doesn't make him incredibly long and rangy, but at 243 pounds with the type of explosion that he has, the type of aggressiveness that he displays, he wants to hit you. So if you combine that aggressiveness, that explosion, and that size, he does have the potential to be a three-down linebacker, which is not really something that the other guys in this range will give you. Now, he doesn't process things very quickly. He doesn't have great instincts at the linebacker position, so he does need some coaching. That's why we said potential to be a third-down linebacker. He doesn't take great pursuit angles to the ball, which kind of comes along with some of that football IQ that he needs to develop. And he has had some suspensions in his college career, which will make him you know, slide down the board a little bit more than his actual potential would have him drafted at. Now, he is from Mississippi State, so if he slides further than expected, fifth, sixth round, something like that, and the Titans feel comfortable with their contacts from Mississippi State based on the information that they got from Jeffrey Simmons last year and a similar character concern, you know, conversations that they might have had, well, then Willie Gay may be a steal for the Titans late in the draft, and then two guys who the Titans actually had pre-draft visits with, Akeem Davis Gaither out of Appalachian State, six foot two, two 219 pounds, that is quite frankly the smallest guy that we've talked about in terms of weight so far, and coming out of Appalachian State, you combine the weight and size concerns, he's a slender guy, with coming out of Appalachian State in the level of competition, it is going to drive Davis Gaither down the board, but the Titans didn't meet with him because he kind of fits the profile of what they look for at linebacker. Think about someone like Jayon Brown. Think about someone like David Long, undersized linebackers who were productive. Davis Gaither is small, but he's got great coverage skills. I mean, that's something that we saw from Brown, something that Long was more of a a productive tackler, but displayed the ability to play in coverage due to his explosion and his size, and Davis Gaither gives you uh, something similar there. ADG gives you that ability to cover and also, on the flip side, he adds value with his size as kind of not really a three-down linebacker option in the run game. He's going to be a special teams ace at the next level because of his personality, because of his athletic profile, being a, an explosive linebacker. It's kind of a perfect special teams player for a lot of the different units there. And then the last linebacker that we are going to talk about is the other linebacker that the Titans actually met with pre-draft, and that is Chris Orr from Wisconsin, another undersized guy, six foot, 224 pounds, but he is like more of a David Long type, where he's a better guy who was a stopper at the line of scrimmage, doesn't have great coverage ability, isn't super rangy, but is expected to be a special teams player at the next level. So the Titans clearly are doing their homework on special teams players at the linebacker position, off-ball linebacker, there at the end of the draft. And that's probably why they had meetings with those guys, but not meetings with any of the other top linebackers that we talked about. Unless, of course, they were trying to throw off off the scent here a little bit, but I do doubt it with what they have at the position 
currently. So that is going to wrap up our conversation about off-the-ball linebackers. Like I said, I'm not going to spend too much time going over the amount of prospects that we've gone over with other positions of need because I just don't see it as something that the Titans will go after throughout the entirety of the draft, more of a late-round option for them. Safety will be getting the same thing, but based on the two safeties that the Titans met with, we may, we may, and remember, this is a possibility. Well, there may be a player on the Titans who is a safety right now who may play more cornerback next year, which actually leaves a vacancy at the safety position for the Titans, and we will talk about that next. Let me pay off that professional tease at the end of the last segment and tell you who may play more cornerback out of the safety position next year. And we've talked about it a little bit on previous shows, and you guys may have the name coming to your mind, Amani Hooker. So one of the big things about Amani Hooker coming out of college in last year's draft when the Titans selected him is he had the ability to not only play safety, but play a little bit of slot cornerback as well. It's something that he did at Iowa. Now with the Titans in his rookie season, he was primarily used in their diamond package where they would have Kenny Vaccaro slide up to linebacker, Rashawn Evans slide to an edge rush position, they would have Jayon Brown at linebacker with Vaccaro, they would slide Kevin Byard down a little bit and let him play strong safety, and then they would play Amani Hooker as the free safety, and of course, you know, the Titans' defensive scheme moved the safeties around, so Hooker would primarily play deep post safety, as they would call it, single high safety, where he's covering the back, but every now and then, the Titans would disguise a coverage, and he'd slide down into a slot corner position, or come up into the box as the strong safety, while uh, Kevin Byard floated back, or Kenny Vaccaro floated back, what, what have you, so basically, Amani Hooker displayed some versatility last year, and they may have been easy him into the playbook and this year the idea may be that Amani Hooker is going to transition into being their primary primarily slot cornerback transition into being their primary slot cornerback and the Titans will probably draft a corner most certainly draft a cornerback maybe two cornerbacks but I think that it is possible that they would be doing so with the intent to groom those young cornerbacks and have Amani Hooker play slot corner, starting at slot corner. Now, what that would do is, though, that would open up the hole for the role that he played, the hole for the role that he played in their diamond package that we just talked about. And that was a very valuable package for the Titans having six defensive backs out on the field, and they're not going to go away from that with the success that they had last year. That has to be a, a tool in the tool bag for the Titans. So will they choose to keep Amani Hooker in his role, draft a cornerback, or maybe sign a veteran cornerback later on and have them start at slot, or will they draft a rookie safety and have them become the Amani Hooker from last year with Amani Hooker graduating to a more important slot cornerback role that's more full-time. That is interesting, and if that were to happen, there are some some names that the Titans have visited with that make sense. Well, there's one that makes sense for that role. The Titans have visited with two. The other is more of a, a special teams player, but let's take a look at 
some of these safeties, and I will let you know when we get to the guy who I think could take that role and the Titans may look at, but it would have to be early in the draft. So the number one safety in most people's boards is Xavier McKinney from Alabama, six foot one. 200 pounds. He's versatile, coming from Alabama, smart player. He's played deep safety, post safety, like we just talked about. He's played strong safety. He's come up into the box as a sub package linebacker. He's a guy who displays good physicality. He's not afraid to mix it up in the run game, or like I said, come up and get in the box as a linebacker in passing situations. Now, he played some deep safety, but I wouldn't necessarily say that he has deep range. He's not going to be a free safety long term, in my opinion. And he struggles a little bit in man coverage, staying attached to guys. That's not necessarily his forte. Next, we have Grant Delpit from LSU. Six foot three, 201 pounds. Delpit has size. He has speed. And he was considered a top five lock if you did mock drafts in 2018 for this year. He was one of the best players in the country, maybe the best player on LSU's team. But all of a sudden in 2019, he just looked like he lacked effort refused to tackle and his tackling form was just terrible it kind of seemed like he checked out or was trying to protect himself because he thought he was already uh, a top 10 first round lock and it really hurt him uh it's 2019 tape is nowhere near the 2018 tape so if you're drafting grant delpit high in the draft you're basically banking on getting him back to his 2018 form next we have a late riser in the process and that's jeremy chin from small southern illinois six foot three 219 pounds. This guy displays incredible versatility as well, but man, he is athletic. And at that size, six foot three, like we talked about with Delpit, and he's almost 20 pounds heavier. So Jeremy Chin could be an enforcer as a strong safety, but also a linebacker. He's kind of a poor man's version of Isaiah Simmons and the type of versatility that he displays. So Chin is one of those guys who nobody knew about really early on, and now that people have had the opportunity to meet with him, see his tape, talk to his coaches, he is rising and will probably be a second-round player despite his struggles and man coverage and obviously the competition that he went up against not being up to par with some of the other division or top power five conferences that we see but chin looks to be a guy who will develop at the next level and could be a very good player next we have the guy that the titans met with pre-draft who i think could fill that role that Amani Hooker played last year, but eventually maybe transition to being a full-time starting safety as Kenny Vaccaro gets a little older, deals with a lot of injuries. You need to try to replenish these things before they happen. So Antoine Winfield Jr., of course, the son of former NFL defensive back Antoine Winfield from Ohio State. Antoine Winfield Jr. went to Minnesota, five foot 10, 195 pounds, is a redshirt sophomore, so he's coming out as quickly as you possibly can from college. And the thing about Winfield is he may not have prototypical size. He's not 6'3", 220, uh, 6'3", 200 like these guys that we talked about. He's not the most incredible athlete. He's not incredibly bursty. He's not going to blow you away with his athleticism. But 
it's no surprise coming from an NFL family with a father who played in the league. He is one of the most high IQ football players in this entire draft class. He just has a high level understanding of what offenses are trying to do, where routes are going, how they combine routes together, what the defense is trying to accomplish. It's just obvious he's always in the right spot and he's got good ball skills because of that. He's always in the right spot. He knows where the quarterback's looking to go. He reads eyes. He reads body language. He has all the little nuances of being a football player down. And like I said, with his pedigree, it is no surprise. And despite not giving you ideal size, ideal athleticism, that kind of IQ and the versatility to play strong safety, deep safety, maybe a little bit of slot corner similar to Amani Hooker, Antoine Winfield could could step in right away and be a contributor for the Titans in their diamond set and eventually long-term be a starting safety for them as he continues to develop. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. Now, if he falls to the third round, then the Titans should pounce on him. But any earlier than that, it's it's just hard with the needs that the Titans have on the team. It's hard to justify taking a safety in, in the second round or the first round, which would really shock me with Winfield. But even the second round there at pick 61, uh, that would be where the Titans would have good value of getting Winfield. But still, they just... Would be a surprise to me, is all I'll say. The next safety is Ashton Davis from California, six foot one, 195 pounds. He's versatile. He has range to play deep safety in the back end as a free safety. That's something that a lot of these safeties so far haven't really displayed. Winfield did that a little bit, and McKinney did that a little bit, but at the next level, it doesn't really seem like that's something that, that they would do full time at least, but Davis could do that. Now, with that versatility in that range, you're going to have some some downside, and that's his tackling and his ability and run support. Doesn't really seem too interested all the time in getting involved in that physicality. The next safety that we are going to talk about, another small school guy like we talked about with Jeremy Chin, is Kyle Duggar from Lenore Rhine, senior, six foot one, 217 pounds. Now, he is a athletic freak awesome burst from him. Now, he's one of those prototypical guys who has incredible traits and incredible athleticism, but really needs to sharpen up his football IQ and his instincts. He really needs some coaching to develop into a starting safety, but with his physicality, with his athleticism, and his you know size at 6'1", 220, he has the ability to develop into a really good starting safety at the next level, but once again, just needs that coaching. The next player that we are going to talk about is another guy that the Titans met with at the safety position pre-draft, and that is Alohi Gilman from Notre Dame, 5'11", 202 pounds. Gilman profiles as a special teamer at the next level. He's a really good downhill tackler, a physical guy, but doesn't necessarily have the fluidity in his hips or the change of direction to be an actual defensive back at the next level. So he is probably going to be a special teams contributor or a third safety at best because he lacks the size and the speed and the quick twitch needed to be a defensive back in the NFL. But hey, the Titans really do place a premium on special teams. So that's probably why they took the time to meet with Gilman and get an idea of what he's about if he's available in the sixth, seventh round. They may go ahead and take a swing, just see what value he can add on special teams. Terrell Burgess from Utah, 5'11", 192 pounds on the smaller scale of safeties, but he is good in coverage, so he could profile as a long-term guy in that Amani Hooker role as a third safety, can contribute 
on special teams, but doesn't have incredible length, which once again will limit his ability to be a full-time starting safety in the NFL, looking more to be a role player and a special teamer. And then the last safety that we are going to talk about in our draft preview is Kavon Wallace out of Clemson, 5'11", 199 pounds. Now, Wallace has good added value as a blitzer from the slot. Now, I wouldn't put him in the slot and expect him to play man coverage, but in zone disguises as a blitzer off the edge, he really has the ability to get into the backfield and hit quarterbacks. He enjoys that physicality. Now, he's not great in coverage. He doesn't have great size. So like the other guys that we mentioned, and this is kind of the area that we're in with this safety group, he profiles as more of a special teams ace as somebody who can really make his mark in the NFL on special teams and then develop his skills as an actual safety. So that's basically the profile for a lot of these uh, last three safeties that we talked about. They'll be available later rounds and be able to contribute on special teams. But because of everything we talked about at the beginning of this segment with the Titans may have a vacancy in that third safety role and then combined with the Titans premium that they place on special teams players, just wanted to make sure we went over these late round safety options that, that could be in the work for the Titans, but that is going to wrap up the line off the ball linebacker and safety groups in our NFL draft preview series. Make sure that you are subscribed to the Locked on Titans podcast to get the rest of our breakdowns going forward and then our instant draft analysis after Thursday's first round and then on Monday after the completion of the entire draft. I'm going to be breaking things down for you throughout the entire offseason after we get done with all of this draft stuff as well. So make sure that you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts, following on Spotify, subscribed on Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you stream your podcast, you can find the Locked On Titans podcast. So make sure that you are with me for a Monday through Friday daily Titans podcast experience. Follow me on Twitter as well, at Tic Tac Titans for film breakdowns and all other Titans content as well. I hope that anyone joining us for the first time today will go back, like I said, and check out the offensive side of things when we did our offensive draft preview from last week. As I mentioned, that is evergreen content, but that will do it for us today. Now that you are done with this episode of the Locked On Titans podcast, go check out the Locked On NFL podcast as well. It's a very good program and will get you through these quarantine times. But as always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans.